Hello, and thank you for tuning into Bible study. I hope that you're having a beautiful day. It is a very beautiful day here in Taos, New Mexico. Not a cloud in the sky. It's nice and warm outside, and I'm just thankful for this beautiful day that Yahweh has made, and I'm excited for all that he's doing on this earth in this season in this time, our very good shepherd. That is what we're talking about today. Before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Yahweh, we just come before you, and we just invite your presence into this study. We invite invite you to move and to speak and to declare and to open our vision. We pray that we would have sight, that we would have ears to hear and vision to see what you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit. We bind every spirit of deception, any lying spirits, any spirits that would try to hinder your word from going forward and producing fruit in our lives. We pray that we would be open to receive what it is that you're speaking to us in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for tuning in, and I hope that you're having a beautiful day again. And this one is titled Shepherd. When I got got the original scriptures in the beginning, I was praying and asking the Holy Spirit, how are these connected? And I opened to a passage in Zechariah, and it was talking about these evil shepherds. They were shepherds that abandoned the flock. They were shepherds that did not care for those who were in need, who were brokenhearted, who were downtrodden. These were selfish people. We see that on this earth today, that we live in a society where we're not trained to necessarily be focused on others and building others up and encouraging others. A lot of times we're led that success on this earth means that we seek self-glorification, self-preservation, pleasures, the things of this world. That is the way the world teaches us, whereas in the kingdom we are taught that the greatest among you is your servant. If you want to gain, give. If you want to live, lay down your life. These are kingdom principles. These are mysteries of the kingdom. And Yeshua walked in the mysteries of the kingdom. He was the kingdom on this earth, the word made flesh that dwelt among us. And he brought the message of the kingdom and he lived kingdom and he moved in the kingdom and he moved in obedience to his father led of the Holy Spirit of God. He was the good shepherd that laid down his life for his sheep, the lamb to the slaughter, the lamb that was slain and rose again to sit at the right hand hand of the Father, and he's coming again soon. Amen and amen. This word today is looking at what it is to be a shepherd. In biblical times, everyone was a shepherd, whether you were very wealthy or if you were poor, you had sheep. There was people who had sheep and they were shepherds from males to females. Caring for sheep was something that was very, very common. And I believe that just speaks prophetically to us because we're given stewardship over certain things in our lives, whether that be our children or our friends or our businesses or our relationships, that there's people in our lives that we have connection to, that we are called to steward or care for, to love, to build up, to encourage. And I believe it's important for us to understand what a shepherd is, our good shepherd, because when we know him and his love, we know also how to extend that love out to others because it comes from a place of knowing his love that we 
can then faithfully love others. Remember when Yeshua went to the cross and he was betrayed by Judas, his disciple, his follower, one of his closest friends that he had loved and ministered to and poured out to over and over. He was then betrayed by Peter. Also, Peter denied him, one of his very beloveds. We spoke about Peter last week on this rock I shall build my church. Remember, Peter was obedient and he followed him. But when it came to that trial, that time of testing, and when Yeshua went to the cross and he would lay down his life and he was up against the wall and they were coming to kill him, Peter denied him three times. They said, weren't you his follower? Weren't you his disciple? Didn't you follow him? And he denied him. Remember that and the rooster crowed and when Yeshua was raised again to life and he came and he saw Peter and he reinstated Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, yes, of course I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? And he's like, why do you keep asking? Of course I love you. Three times he said, feed my sheep. And I believe that's a calling for the disciples of Yeshua that we would also steward the love that he has poured out upon us, the resurrection life and the second chances and the mercy and the grace that he has given to us, that we would pour that out into others, that we would feed the sheep. Amen. We are sheep who have gone astray, but we have a great shepherd who has saved, healed, delivered us and set us free and we too can then care for others, extend our lives towards our brothers and our sisters from that place of love that has been poured out upon us. And this is a really powerful example of that that we're going to look at first. And this is found in Mark chapter 2. This is verses 3 through 7. This is the Passion's translation. I like the Passion because a lot of times it speaks plainly and it's very poetic. It's beautiful. We begin in verse 3. It says, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. But when they realized that they couldn't even get near Yeshua because of the crowd, they went down on top of the house and tore away the roof above Yeshua's head. And when they had broken through, they lowered the paralyzed man on a stretcher right in front of him. When Yeshua saw the extent of their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are now forgiven. That word in the Greek is afiemi. To forgive, it means to let go, give up a debt, forgive, to remit. And this offended some of the religious scholars who were present and they reasoned among themselves, Who does he think he is? to speak this way. This is blasphemy for sure. Only God himself can forgive sins. We see a lot is happening in this picture. Number one, we see that these men, these friends of this paralyzed man, are willing to rip open a roof to lower him down to get healed. Talk about being a kind shepherd, caring for someone else other than yourself, that they were willing to go and not only carrying him on a stretcher, which was very heavy, but then break open a roof to bring him before Yeshua. And that is such a powerful prophetic picture of a willingness to lay down yourself, your reputation, your time, your energy, your resources, your goods to come together with your friends to help somebody else. And that is a very powerful picture that we see happening in this. Talk about being loving and caring for somebody else. And Yeshua healed this man because these friends of his had such great faith to go to such great lengths to help this man. Can you imagine? That's what astounded Yeshua. When Yeshua saw the extent of their faith, they believed so much in the salvation of Yeshua and that Yeshua could heal this man 
down, that they were willing to do what they did. Can you imagine how much of a crowd was around Yeshua? They couldn't even get to him. So we're talking about hundreds of people. I don't know how many people were there that day, but they were willing to then just start breaking open the roof. Can you imagine the spectacle? Can you imagine they were willing to lay down their reputation? They were willing to put themselves out there to get their friend to Yeshua. This is powerful because it speaks to us right now of what we're willing to do to bring someone that we love, that we know that is in need to rise up, somebody who has been dead, paralyzed, someone who has been diseased, someone who has been bound or oppressed, that we were willing to stretch out our faith and bring them, not only pray for them, but then to physically pick them up and physically carry them to that place where Yeshua is. I mean, that is a picture of being willing to bring salvation to somebody who has lost her and dying, to bring that message that we have been given and so greatly honored to receive that we can then spread that to others and to lay down our time and our reputation and whatever, come together for the sake of somebody else, to care for them, to walk as our great shepherd walked. Can you imagine if we were doing this in our circles of influence of the people around us for our friends, our families, and our loved ones, taking that time to be willing to lay down our schedules, lay down our lives for the sake of others. That is a powerful, powerful picture that we see here in Mark. We see that it offended the religious, right? Those who were religious in the room, the scholars, the religious scholars in there were like, who does he think he is? They're totally missing the point. They're not seeing the healing. They're not seeing the devout faith of these men. Yeshua saw the faith of these men, and that's not what they're seeing. He's looking with kingdom vision, and they're looking with religious eyes. They're seeing the outward appearance. They're not judging the heart of the matter. They're not seeing that this man is being set free, and that his friends are willing to go to this length to get him before Yeshua. They're seeing, who does this guy think he is to forgive sins? This is blasphemy. Only God himself can forgive sins. They didn't see that he was the word made flesh, that he was God. They couldn't comprehend him. Because darkness cannot comprehend the light. The religious spirit cannot comprehend what is of the kingdom because it's so focused on the outward appearance, the outward traditions of men, the serving of the world rather than the kingdom. They weren't truly serving the one true living God. They were serving man's tradition and religion. So when they saw it in action, it frustrated their box. They couldn't see that Yeshua was the word made flesh, that he was God, that he He is the light that shines in the darkness. And we see a description of this. Isaiah 65, 8 through 13 says, Thus says Yahweh, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says, Do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servants' sake, that I may not destroy them all. So we see that there's this new wine found in the cluster, and that it was not destroyed, for there was a blessing in it. And that just speaks to me of that new wine of the Holy Spirit that is given to the faithful servants, the bondmen, the servant, those who lay down their lives 
before him that surrender, they receive the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. That is what causes us to want to be a servant of him, to follow his will apart from our own will, apart from our own pleasures and the things of this world is the spirit that compels us, that is within us. That word in Hebrew for servant is abed, which means bondman and servant. And that's what Yeshua had. And that's what we have, the Holy Spirit of God, that he blew upon his disciples, that he blew upon us. He has given to us his Holy Spirit, that we would walk in his will, that we would care for others, that we would be inspired by the Spirit of God that's within us to do what he's called us to do. Yeshua came to do the will of his Father, not his own will, not his own ways. He could have come for pleasure. He could have set up kingdoms. He could have been worshipped on the earth, but that's not what he came to do. He came to be the servant of all, to be obedient unto death, the lamb that was slain for us. And we as his servants also are called to do the will of our father. And he would not destroy us. He says, I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah on air of my mountains. My elect shall inherit it and my servants shall dwell there. Sharon shall be a fold of flocks, a promise placed for men. Notice that word fold for flocks. Flocks of who? Of sheep, of men, of women. This is the promise to his people that his elect will inherit the promised land, that place of his presence, that place of knowing him, that place of being close to him. This place for the flocks and the valley of Akor. Akor means troubled. So this place of trouble, a valley of Akor, which means troubled, a place for herds, will be a place for herds to lie down, meaning this place of trouble becomes a place of rest. This is a promise to the servants, to the elect, to the chosen of Yahweh's people, those who serve him, who desire after him, who choose him. Have you chosen him today? It is our choice to choose him, to do his will, to desire him, to surrender our hearts to him, that we would be useful vessels for his kingdom. For my people have sought me, but you are those who forsake. He's saying that the people of God who he's chosen, they seek him, but there are those who forsake him, who did not choose. That word is azab. In Hebrew, it means to refuse, to forsake, to leave, to release to fail. So there's many who choose him and those who forsake him. And Yahweh says, who forget my holy mountain, his presence, who forget him, who prepare a table for Gad, meaning fortune, and who furnish a drink offering for many. And that was a God of fate that Jews worshipped in Babylonian as an idol. So basically, we see this picture of the servants, the chosen, those who surrender to God, and we see those who forsake him, who choose to go after their fortune, who choose to go after their pleasures and their idols, who choose to seek after these pagan gods. And it says, therefore, I will number you for the sword and you shall all bow down to the slaughter because when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not hear, but did evil before my eyes and chose that in which I do not delight. Therefore, thus says Yahweh, behold, my servants shall eat but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servants shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice, but you shall be ashamed. 
So this is a powerful picture. It's describing two places of being. We can be obedient, we can be servants, we can be surrendered, we can follow after the good shepherd, or we can chase after fortune and the gods of this world, the things of this world. And there's promise that lies with the faithful, the chosen, that they will possess the land, they will encounter the presence of Yahweh in such a place of rest, a place of gathering, a place of peace on Mount Zion, a place of his presence. And those who reject that are already bound for slaughter. You're bound when we're choosing the ways of the world, when we're choosing our own flesh, when we're choosing those things. They lead us to destruction. You know, we don't answer the call that God has placed on our lives, but instead choose after our flesh and the things that are evil, self-will and pleasures of this world. And Yahweh is so just and faithful to chasten, to correct. He rewards those who diligently seek him. And so we see that picture outlined with those religious of that time. What were they seeking after? They were seeking after their position, their title, their outward appearance, before men. They were seeking after their own self-preservation. Meanwhile, we see those followers, those disciples, those bond servants that were willing to take that man and lower him through the roof. And their faith was being exercised in action and the man was healed. So they were following after their good shepherd and they were finding healing and salvation and restoration that is promised to those who follow after him. And then we see the religious, right? They're persecuting Yeshua. They're not seeing that he was God in the flesh. And we read in John 1, 1 through 5, it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The darkness cannot comprehend it. But we look up that word, the word which means logos in the Greek, it means the divine expression. That is Yeshua. He is the divine expression of God upon this earth. He came as a man, but he was God and he was the word in the flesh, meaning he was the word of God walking out in the flesh, the word of God, the things that we read, the things that we're to comprehend when we read the scriptures. Yeshua walked them out. He lived them in the flesh and the religious spirit couldn't comprehend it. The dark could not comprehend it because it was light. It was God. It was him. They were so caught up in the other ways of the world. They could not comprehend. They were caught up in the ways of their pleasures and their status and their money and their position. They could not see God in front of them as he healed, as he delivered, as he brought salvation to the earth. He could not comprehend it, but he was the word, the divine expression. He was the life. When we look up that word life, it means zoe. Interesting in the Strong's, the number for zoe is 2222. And we all know that we just celebrated on Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022, 2222. 
two, 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 right? And that is a timing of open doors, of Yahweh's open doors, and of his presence, that door that he offers for us to enter into his presence, that place of rest, that place of communion when we drink and we dine, where we eat of his body and we drink of his blood. It is a spiritual place of encountering him and being nourished by what he has given us, our salvation. That is a place for us to enter in, in his kingdom, it is a mysterious place of his presence that that door has been opened for us, that door to life, to Zoe, life, literally and figuratively. That's where we find our healing and our salvation and our strength. That's where we get filled. That's where we encounter him. And that is what we're seeing in this scripture in Isaiah. It is this place of encounter, this place where we're filled this place where we're full and there's joy and there's rest and there's abundance, this promised place of his presence that we can enter in as we are his servants, as we serve him. We love him. He is God. He is our salvation. And those who do not enter reject him. They forsake him. They try to carve their way through their own abilities, through their own self-will, through their own accomplishments, through their own pleasures. They're missing out. They're missing the point. Ultimately, that leads us to destruction, to breakdown, because we can't possibly handle life in our own abilities and our own strength. We need him, and he is the light. And when we look up that word in the Greek, it's phos, and it means to shine or make manifest, especially by rays, luminous, fire, light. He is the word. He is the life. He is the light. He is our salvation, and we need him. He is our good shepherd, and he leads us into green pastures. He restores our soul. He leads us into life everlasting. He is the shepherd that heals, delivers, and sets us free. Amen. We pray that we would be wise shepherds in this hour that not only do we get fueled up in the presence of our great shepherd feeding off of him and his great salvation, but then we feed his sheep. Then we take what we have been given and we pour it out to those who are in need, who are lost, hurting, and dying, and we're in need too. So we go to that place of restoration, that place of plenty, that place of abundance of his presence, and then share that and take our friends to that place and take them in, even break open the roof and lower them to that place of presence, of salvation with our Yeshua. Amen, our good shepherd. Notice that scripture I spoke about in the beginning in Zechariah. It said those shepherds would abandon the flock. They would not care for the hungry, for the oppressed. They didn't care. They were caught up in that religious spirit. Father, we just come before you and we repent for any spirit of religion that would keep us at bay from truly encountering the living word of God in our lives, the love, the salvation of our King Yeshua. We pray that we would be useful vessels for your kingdom and to express your salvation, to love one another and to carry one another and to encounter you as you are our great shepherd. Father, that you call us to feed your sheep, to be obedient, willing bondsmen for your kingdom, to be words made flesh as our great Savior, that we would also walk out the word by the power of the Holy Spirit of God that is within us. We just give you glory in Yeshua's holy, precious, and worthy name. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you all for tuning in. I pray this study has blessed you. It certainly has blessed me today, encouraged me today, spoke to my heart, and just such a good reminder that we are here to work kingdom, that we are here to serve our King of glory, to encounter his presence, and to pour that out into the lives of others, to care, to nurture, to lay down our lives to serve one another in love as we encounter the great love of our Father. What a mighty King we have. I just pray that you have a beautiful and blessed week and that this word has blessed you. In Yeshua's holy, precious name, amen. Amen. We'll see you next time.